Pastor, thank you very much, and Donna, thank you. Great to be with your church family today, and come to Marinette, beautiful city. Even more so, this is a beautiful building. Did you know this is a beautiful building? It's a beautiful building, and I thank you for the opportunity to come this morning. So let me tell you a little bit about Diane and me. We've been married many, many, many years. <laughs> I actually know how many. Anyway, and we have three children. Christy, the oldest, married to Ted. They have two children, and they pastor in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Then... Uh, Kurt, married to Dawn, D-A-W-N, have two children, and they pastor in Austin, Texas. And then Connor, married to Cheyenne, married about just over a year ago, and he is our youngest, 26, and they pastor in Austin, Texas, at a different church than his brother. How did God do that? I have no idea providential leadings to have two children in Austin, Texas. And our sons, both of them, are much taller than I am. Kurt is six feet four inches. Connor is six feet two inches. And look at me. I am small by comparison. But that's okay. Because Jesus helps us with whatever he asks us to do. So it is my privilege, our privilege, to be with you today to just love on you a little bit and care for you as family and serve you as best we can. We represent the Wisconsin Northern Michigan Ministry Network of the Assemblies of God, which is a fellowship of churches that work together cooperatively of which you are a part, I don't know if you knew that, of which you are a part, and of that 200 churches, we have about 700 credential holders, all ages, from young to old and everything in between. And God is challenging us to reach 5.5 million people with the message of Jesus Christ. So far within our churches, Active participation is about 34,000 people across the network and more who would be adherents loosely connected to us as local congregations. And may God help us to be ever more effective in sharing the message of God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. How does an offended person forgive someone who hurt them? To find the answer, we look to the book of Philemon in the New Testament. It's only one chapter long, so you could skip over it and move past it very rapidly and wonder, does it have anything for you? But in that book, we learn of a runaway person who was actually a slave, who met the Apostle Paul while Paul was in prison. As a result, this person who was a slave experienced a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. His name was Onesimus. 
Paul counseled this person who had run away to go back to his owner. And that's a hard thing in our culture, and we do not approve of slavery, just so that you know. And the Bible does not either, but it existed in this time and season, and so the Bible addresses it. But Paul told him he needed to go back to his former master named Philemon for the restoration of the relationship to take place. Onesimus had learned to forgive Philemon. And Philemon was being asked by Paul to receive his slave back into his home. This account is drama at its highest form. It's really intense. So today I want to talk to you about how to forgive. Sometimes people are offended by other people. Have you ever been offended? <laughs> once. <laughs> once. Okay. <laughs> I've been offended once. 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 <laughs> Is there anybody here who's never been offended? It happens. It's a part of life. Okay, background. Philemon lived in the city of Colossae. Being a wealthy man, he had a very large home with many household slaves. His wife's name most likely was Aphia. Aphia. Their son's name most likely was Archippus. Onesimus may have been born as a slave into this household, but possibly through time became hurt and bitter enough that he had run away. Over time, the tensions had built to the point that Onesimus had gone uh, away from uh, this home in which he'd been raised and in the providence of God came into contact with the apostle Paul in the city of Rome. Now, in this struggle, there were numbers of persons who had been hurt. Onesimus may have fled to Rome to ask Paul to help him out. I don't know the motive. But he found Paul, and Paul found him, and Paul led him to Jesus, and it, Jesus sent Onesimus back home to Philemon. Now, the Bible does not, just so that you know, I'm going to emphasize. Is it okay if I, I stomp? <laughs> the Bible does not condone oppression. Amen? Amen. It does not condone oppression. Followers of Christ are to learn equality for all people. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There's neither male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. We all have a level playing field at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Paul appealed to the slave owner, Philemon, to change. 
to change and appealed to the slave Onesimus to change. So let's delve into the passage. God knows. Philemon 1 verse 8 says, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold, and order you to do what you ought to do. To break oppression is not an easy thing. I think we all agree oppression is wrong, but to break it is not so easy. Willpower alone is not enough. We need help from God for oppression to be broken. And the gospel is and will always be the power of God unto salvation. And that power is at work in our hearts and lives today. Thank you for amen, second row, second from the end. Amen. This is my inspiration corner right here. I'm going to keep looking this way. All right. So God helps Philemon 1.9, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. The love of God through Christ is the basis for broken relationships to be restored. What you and I cannot do, God can do. Amen. Okay. Would you allow for me to meddle? I got permission from the second row, second from the end. <laughs> it's a good thing you came today. Anyway. How many of us have somebody and that somebody struggles with me? And how many of us have somebody that struggle with us? I'm raising my hand. <laughs> all right. We can all we can all have somebody that struggles with us. It happens. It happens. On planet Earth, we're all human beings, and the somebody who struggles with. Okay, how many of have you have ever had a child struggle with you as a parent? <laughs> How many of you as a child have struggled with your parent? <laughs> All right. How many have struggled with a neighbor? Oh, huh. you can tell me their name. A co-worker. <laughs> I have to be careful. I work in the network office. <laughs> All right. A co-worker. Ah. Extended family member. Yeah. It happens. Struggles can take place. So, let's begin to describe this whole situation. Philemon, who is a slave owner, was a follower of Jesus Christ. Does that surprise you? That Philemon, who was a slave owner, was a follower of Jesus Christ. Philemon 1.7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement. This is Paul describing Philemon. Because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Most likely there was a church that met in Philemon's home. And somehow in the providence of God, Onesimus had become 
a follower of Jesus. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, Philemon 1.10, who became my son while I was in chains. Evidently, Paul led him to the Lord while Paul was a prisoner in Rome. Quite honestly, Paul didn't have a whole lot of life left at that point when he wrote this. He was soon to die. But yet God was still using him. Okay, Philemon 1.11, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. God was making a way forward. Can I prophesy over you? Thank you. Front row, second from the end. Amen. All right. No matter how difficult your life has become in this hour, God's promise to you is to make a way forward through Jesus Christ, to tear down barriers and open up possibilities and bring probabilities into reality on your behalf so that you will not be left trying to struggle through by yourself, but will know the power of God unto salvation at work in your life. Amen. Amen. So Onesimus, back to Onesimus, because of whatever had happened between he and Philemon, his life had almost been destroyed. But now he had met Paul and come to faith in God through Jesus Christ and was discovering purpose for his life. Can I share with you some symptoms of hurts that happen to us as people. Okay, these are symptoms. Withdrawal, we withdraw. We could become ungrateful. We could become stubborn. Diane, could we could could we become stubborn? Me more than her. Okay? We could become rebellious, we could choose wrong friends, we could, could try to justify ourselves, we could even become harsh, we could become moody, moody. So Paul brought Philemon to the foot of the cross, or, uh, I'm sorry, Onesimus to the foot of the cross, looking beyond the pain in his life to see the possibility of what God could do in and through him. Paul also knew Philemon, the slave owner, could be used of God to mend the relationship. Because God wants to put hurting people back together again. Amen? So, how many of us, of us have a family member that needs faith in God through Jesus Christ? Okay, my hand is up. We have numbers within our family. God knows what to do, amen? God knows what to do. And a former friend, a former friend. Yeah, okay, we know what that's like. A co-worker. All right, a neighbor. These are things that come our way. 
But today we'd like to ask you a question. Is it possible that you still have a hurt in your soul? Do any of you have a hurt in your soul? Because God wants to address it and help. Amen? Okay. And could I ask us all a question? Because I think it's a, it's a question we need to ask ourselves. Is it possible that we've actually hurt somebody else? Yeah. I see heads going up and down. It's possible. Okay. So let's go to our second point. When offenses happen, people need reconciliation. When Paul and Onesimus first met, there was no way to know all that God had in mind to do in their relationship. In time, Paul learned that Onesimus had a story to tell. We all have a story to tell, all right? But he learned that he had a story to tell. And God wanted to take his story and redeem it. Onesimus needed Paul to become his patron. And a patron represents the need of another. And help restore the relationship between Onesimus and Philemon. So reconciliation is a possibility. Philemon 1.12, I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. So Paul helped Onesimus grow to the point of faith in God through Jesus Christ that he was willing to go back and face Philemon in his home. I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. There had to have been a willingness. And quite honestly, folks, the willingness to will, to do what God wants, is not an easy thing to do. Has God ever wanted you to do something you weren't sure you wanted to do it? Like, I don't know about that. All right? But it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And God will work in us to do things we would never do by ourselves. Still with me? Okay. So God was working this out in Onesimus. And he produced in Onesimus a willingness to try, to try for the relationship to be restored, and Paul sent Onesimus back to Philemon. Philemon 1.14 says, But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Can I share something which I think is extremely important? None of us should ever be forced to reconcile. I got two amens. None of us should ever be forced to reconcile. Because quite honestly, without God working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, it won't work anyway. Still with me? We need the Lord. It has to be a Holy Spirit work of God's grace setting everything up divinely and bringing about the time and the place for two parties that couldn't see it before to see it now and God will make it work. 
God knows how to work in the spontaneity of the human heart to bring people back together again. My father, when he died, was estranged from my mother. And our son, our, our daughter, was our oldest that got married, in, on December 31st, and my father came to the wedding. Up until that point, he thought I, as a minister of the gospel, was nuts. Nuts. Crazy. Flipped out. Ridiculous. Why would you do that? He came to the wedding. And he changed his mind. That I wasn't nuts. Isn't that comforting that whoever's speaking to you today is not nuts? All right. That I was not nuts. Within a month, my father would die. We didn't know that at the wedding. And in the hospital, there was a chaplain who talked with my dad, and my dad talked with him, and my dad gave his heart to Jesus Christ. But I didn't know it. I didn't know it. We went to the funeral and somebody else was supposed to officiate and for some reason he didn't show up. So my stepmother asked if I would officiate. Ha! Shared the gospel and about half the people responded to give their hearts to Jesus Christ, which were mostly my stepmother's family members. Two weeks afterwards, I received a phone call from the chaplain at Loyola University Hospital in Chicago to tell me that he had had a conversation with my father on his deathbed and he had come to faith in God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God is good. He knows what to do. And he does it because he is almighty God. And it wasn't forced. It was spontaneous. It was God at work. Okay? Philemon 1.15, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little time was that you might have him back for good. Reconciliation provides answers. God was not finished with Onesimus, and God was not finished with Philemon. He had more in mind for them and family members that were attached. Their relationship was broken, but not irreparably. It was open for God to work out. Because when reconciliation takes place God's way, there is health, health, health. 
Philemon 1.16, no longer is a slave, but rather, but better than a slave, is a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dear to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. When God restores broken relationships, there's peace. I even believe there are divine healings in our bodies. I read one, one book on illness and the author was a medical doctor and he, it was his supposition and he had some statistics to bear it out that 94% of all illness is related to human struggle that is not physiological, but is more mental, emotional, and has to do with the hurts of life. Now, whether he is right on 94%, I don't know, in his stance, how good they are, I don't know. But I do believe that a whole lot of illness that comes our way is because we got hurt along the path. You still with me? All right. And if God helps us to heal, then, wow, we become whole, well, strengthened, hope restored, victories that we didn't know as a possibility. So, can I ask a question? Somebody say yes. Thank you. I'm getting more answers from you. This is good. Good. Is there somebody that God wants to reconcile you with? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Second row, second from the end. Amen. I'm getting good preaching over here too. Yes. All right. He does. All right. Did you hear her? He loves everybody on this planet. He loves the whole generation. Okay. Now, how many of us have somebody that God would like to restore us to? My hand is up. I'm getting some takers. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's grace. Amen. Okay. Third point. God wants to help offended people to forgive. Onesimus, remember him, runaway slave, was sent back to Philemon with a letter written by Paul. So Paul gave this letter, which we have, which is called Philemon. All right? So that's the letter that Onesimus took back to Philemon. Philemon was given the letter to read by Onesimus. Probably his wife, Aphia, was at his side as the runaway slave came in the door and handed them a letter from Paul. They probably read it together. And through their mind, maybe, maybe, I'm just speculating, there was just some skepticism, like, really, really? Really? 
maybe Philemon and Aphia were still hurting. Maybe their suspicions were coming out. They had to ask themselves a question. Do I really want to forgive Onesimus for what he did? Do I really want to? Was Onesimus there taking advantage of them and using Paul the apostle to carry it out? All of that was going through their head, I bet. As the letter that we have that's called Philemon was being read. Philemon 1.17, so if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Ooh. Paul was persuaded that Onesimus was a new creation in Christ. Philemon and Aphia, along with their son Archippus and the church that met in their home, had to decide were they going to believe what Paul was writing. This is big drama, folks. So a sacrifice is needed, a sacrifice. Philemon 1.18, if he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Paul is saying to Philemon, to Aphia, to Archippus, if this runaway slave has done you wrong, charge it to me. Do you feel it? Charge it to me. Paul was willing to pay the debt. Paul was willing. He's already a prisoner in Rome, close to death, in his 60s, God bless him. Just by the way, 60s is really not that old. Anyway, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in, people. All right. In his 60s, near death. Charge it to me. Because Paul knew Onesimus couldn't pay the debt. He had no money. Paul would pay it. Wow. Philemon 1.19, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. Philemon had received much help from Paul. Paul had given of himself generously to Philemon. Philemon 121, confidence of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Wow. Ultimately, forgiveness 
is a matter of our will. Am I willing? And the only basis I can tell you to be willing, folks, is if the hurt is big. It's God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God. It's God. It's not me. I don't have it. I don't have it. It's God. It's God. And as God works in us, there's something good that happens. So I'd like to ask you to do a few things if you have hurt or in your heart, to make a list. Include the names of the people. The truth is, I've hurt God. Have you hurt God? I've hurt God. I won't speak for you. I've hurt God. And he, he's forgiven me. And as he works in us, he helps us to forgive another. And when we can't, we can ask his help. Now I will tell you, I will tell you, there was a, a time in ministry where I became so hurt. It was 2006. I became so hurt. I said, God, I can't do this. And it was, a, it was somebody hurt me. And I said, I can't do this. I'm getting there. Hang on. All right? And God put in my heart the ability to forgive. Because I could not. And when he helped me do it, my heart healed. Now, 2006 is like, what, 17 years ago. I'm really thankful I can't even remember who it was now. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you won't, but I don't. I don't even remember who it was. When we can't, God can, Amen. Jesus is bigger. He's better. He's victorious. He produces resurrection life inside of us. And he knows how to bring his people back together again. Preparing us for heaven.
where we will be with each other <laughs> forever. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Amen. Amen.